Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, who are the New York Jets and how can the Raiders get a Week 10 victory over them? That plus a whole lot more comes up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 9th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available, of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. Our YouTube page is blowing up in a major way, and that's because of you and Ari. So thank you, Raider Nation, and thank you, Ari, for a great job each and every day. Make sure we have the show up on YouTube. We're looking good and we're sounding good. You want to hit up Ari on Twitter, you can, at Ari Produces. You can also hit me up as well, at your boy Q254. And every day but Thursday, we have calls up the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. So we won't have them today, though, because it is crossover Thursday. And if you're a new booty listener to the podcast, maybe you haven't checked this out on a Thursday across the network, the whole network, the Lockdown Podcast Network, each and every team, they preview their upcoming games. So for us here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast, it's the New York Jets, Sunday Night Football, prime time. So John Buschko, host of Locked On Jets, will join the show. We'll talk about the biggest storylines. We'll talk about the biggest and uh, most intriguing matchups. And of course, we'll give you the path to victory and even give you some predictions in the show. So we'll do that in segment number one, two, and three. Before we get into that, though, I do want to hit you with a few news and notes of the day, little nuggets I'd like to give you before we jump into the crossover edition. And how about the practice squad? The Raiders have been making some additions to the practice squad. Champ Kelly's been making little minor moves here and there, just kind of continuing to uh, evolve the practice squad roster. And on Wednesday, the Raiders side tied in Jesse James to the practice practice squad. He's 29 years old. He hasn't played at all this season. He got cut by New Orleans in August for their final roster cuts, but he did suit up for two games last season with Cleveland, but he didn't get on the stat sheet. So Jesse James is now a member of the Raiders roster as far as the practice squad goes. The injury report for Wednesday, and of course, there'll be a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I want to go over it real quickly, and then we'll jump into part one of the crossover edition. For the Raiders, guys that did not participate, Devon Diablo, he's dealing with an ankle injury, Jakob Johnson with a concussion, Colton Miller, shoulder injury, and Marcus Peters with a knee injury. Guys that were limited, Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, Austin Hooper, also Thayer Munford, and Greg Van Roten. Van Roten, biceps and back injury. Mar- uh, uh, also Thayer Munford with a neck injury. Uh, Austin Hooper's with a calf injury. Nate Hobbs with the ankle injury. And Max Crosby with that knee. Full participants, Luke Masterson coming back from the concussion. And then Robert Spillane with the hand injury. So that's for the silver and black. We'll get another uh, injury report later on today. Also Friday in 90 minutes before kickoff. We'll find out who's active and who's inactive. For the Jets real quick, guys that did not participate, linebacker Chaz Surratt. Ankle injury. Offensive lineman Billy Turner. Finger injury. Guys that were limited. Offensive lineman Makai Becton. Knee injury. Wide receiver Alan Lazard. Knee injury. Tight end Jeremy Ruckert. Shoulder injury. And linebacker Quincy Williams with a knee injury. Full participants. Longtime offensive lineman in the league. Dwayne Brown coming back from a hip injury. So, again, injury report Thursday. 
Legrand Injury Report Friday, Injury Report Sunday. So uh, that was Wednesday's Injury Report right there. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into part one of the crossover edition. Before we do that, I want you to know it's being brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, part one of the crossover edition, John Bushko and myself are talking all things Jets and Raiders, biggest storylines between the two teams. Here's part one of our conversation. Great to chat with you again. It's been a couple of years since we did this. Yeah, no, it has. And uh, excited to be back with you, man. And it's it's been a strange season, right, for both teams, starting with the Jets and four plays in. Aaron Rodgers goes down with a torn Achilles. And then leading up to last week where Josh Daniels is the first head coach in the, in the 2023 season to get fired. So did not think that this was going to be what we're talking about or the storylines going into week 10 of the NFL season. But that's why they play the games. And that's why the NFL is so intriguing, because we just never know how everything's going to shake out. The last time these teams played, I believe it was 2020, the, the famous Greg Williams zero blitz oh, game. Oh, yeah. That miracle <laughs> touchdown. Yep. Um, that was the storyline of that game. But what's the biggest storyline around the Las Vegas Raiders right now? Well, after Josh Daniels got fired last week, interim head coach Antonio Pierce comes in and, and leads the team to a victory over the New York Giants, right? And it was a pretty pretty uh, easy victory. Uh, easy is probably not the right word, but it was a pretty um, pretty big wide margin, you know, scoring 30 points the first time the offense had gone over 20 points all season long. And I kind of felt that that was going to be the case. I didn't know what the score was going to be, but I kind of felt like they would rally around AP for that first week. Week. The storyline for me, the biggest storyline is what does it look like week two? What does it look like now that it's not the rallying cry, now that it's not the brand new, right? The fresh, the team's all having a good time in the locker room. You know, they're playing mini basketball in, in the locker room, this, that, and the other. What does it look like now? That's that's what it that's what the biggest storyline for me is. It's like how do you sustain that energy, that uh that new, that fresh, that breath of fresh air that all of a sudden this team and organization and fan base, John, has really received ever since Josh Daniels was fired. Can that translate into week two? Can it translate beyond week two. So for me, it's just what does it look like week two? Because again, it's all still a lot of brand new. What's uh, what's the biggest storyline as far as you're concerned? Oh, for the Jets, it's the disparity between the offense and the defense right now, yeah. because this is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, there's, I don't think there's a weakness on this unit, except you know maybe the safety position's a little shaky, but you got a really good and deep defensive line. You have two guys, two young, two young uh, edge rushers who are breaking out this year in Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson. Huff was an undrafted rookie back in 2020, steadily become become an excellent pass rusher. Um, on the Johnson was a first round pick a year ago. I think expectations were higher for him heading into the season. He got off to a slow start this year. He um, first three weeks he really wasn't looking that good after a big preseason. It, it kind of felt to me like oh god, another guy. All the hype in the summer and training camp and the exhibition season. Right. But the last four games he's been for last four or five games he's been outstanding. Um, linebackers look really good. Quincy Williams is another guy who's had a mm-hmm. breakout season. He's the brother of Quinn and Williams, who's Jets' best player, who I didn't, I should have mentioned when we talked about the defensive line, defensive tackle. Uh, next to CJ Mosley, who's I think is having his best season as a Jet. Um, you know, Mosley had a lot of great years in Baltimore. I think the Jets, his Jets career has been more up and down, but he and Williams are excellent. And then an outstanding corner trio, uh, Sauce Gardner. First team all pro last year, having another excellent season. DJ Reed across from him playing at a Pro Bowl level and, you know, flies under the radar. Michael Carter, the second, having a tremendous yeah. season in the slot. And you compare that with the offense, things aren't going so well. <laughs> right. No, there's, you know, yeah. Aaron Rodgers out after four plays, Zach Wilson in there. 
some early signs maybe of progress, but it's not been good of late. Uh, the Jets have, I think, three touchdowns in their last four games. You know, Q, here's the other thing. These three touchdowns all were Brees Hall taking one to the house on the first play of the drive. Mm-hmm. So they can't sustain a drive at all. Uh, offensive line's a mess. A lot of injuries. They collapsed against the Chargers on Monday night. The receiving group has an excellent number one guy in Garrett Wilson, but after him, Alan Lazard not delivering as a free agent signing. Um, Randall Cobb, he's finished. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Randall <laughs> right. Cobb's just done. Um, yeah. you know, Xavier Gibson's a non-drafted rookie who's you know, he's fine for a non-drafted rookie, but I mean, you can't be your you can't have an undrafted rookie as your number two. If Xavier Gibson's like your fourth or fifth receiver, you feel pretty good with a guy with a lot of speed. Maybe you can design some touches in space for him, but you don't want him as like your your second best receiver. So there's a huge disparity right now. You have one of the best defenses in the NFL and maybe the worst offense in the NFL. And it's it's one of those things that it's the reason the Jets are four and four, I right. guess. Right. No doubt. I, I did want to ask you about the storyline of the Jets and the quarterback situation because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of conversation about why is Zach Wilson still in the game? How come you don't go to Trevor Simeon? How come you don't make a different decision? Is that a real true storyline or is that just something that we're hearing kind of from afar? Zach Wilson's going to start this game and the Jets are telling you, Jets are telling us that this is not a real storyline. Mm-hmm. But look, I mean, this is a league where performance really matters. Yeah. And it's going to be a storyline sooner rather than later. <laughs> if you know, these things are always, they're never storylines until they are. Right. 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 right for sure. Zach Wilson keeps playing like this. I mean, they're going to have to make a move. Right. Yeah, I would think so. I would, I, I just don't know. Like the big question I have is like, is Trevor Simeon that much better? Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's my big thing, you know, and is it Trevor Simeon? Is it the offensive line? I mean, we saw him get sacked eight times on Monday night football against the chargers. And I know all of that's not on the offensive line, but it feels like the protection has been a question all season long. Yeah, it's both. And I have right. to say the jets, you know, you can't do anything when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four plays into the season. Right. The Jets have also had injuries on the offensive line, but I mean, here's the thing. I don't think their plan A was very good on the offensive line. I mean, they were leaning on Dwayne Brown, who's 38 years old, who may be back for this game, and the Jets may need him, but he got off to an awful start this season before he got injured. On the other side, you had Makai Becton, who hasn't played since 2020, really. Right. Um, and he's he's been up and down. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's Lakin Tomlinson, who was a free agent signing a year ago from San Francisco at left guard, has been a huge disappointment uh so it, it's it's both i mean i don't yeah. think there's one problem with the jets offense i think these the, everything's a problem and these things just kind of feed into each other the quarterback makes the receivers worse the receivers make the quarterback worse the offensive line makes everybody worse i don't think the play calling is very good nathaniel hackett I, i'm convinced the biggest reason that nathaniel hackett was hired by the jets this offseason was because he the jets were trying to convince aaron Rodgers to come <laughs> yeah i don't think they got you know, I don't think they hired him because of his play calling acumen. Right. I think that's really shown itself to be the case. And I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on the whole Josh McDaniel situation because I know the Raiders just made a change. And yeah. Antonio Pierce, that's a name that resonates with New York football fans because we remember when he played for the Giants. And I was I was like, wow, Antonio Pierce is a head coach in the league. Um, you know, and I know the Raiders have a new quarter, maybe you know, have a new quarterback in this game. Can you yeah. talk about what changed last week with against the Giants, uh, opposed to what's happened earlier in the season? Yeah, I mean, Antonio Pierce just came in and he gave this team a uh, new life, right? He he gave confidence in the players, the playmakers, the Devontae Adams, the you know, the Josh Jacobs, the Hunter Renfros, you know, guys like that. He gave them confidence. Aiden O'Connell, he put him in as a quarterback and said he gives us the best chance to win. So, you know, they went out there and they operated and they executed and they had a good time and and, and he made things loose. 
right? And, and Hunter Renfro said in the locker room, I remember asking him about the, the, the situation that they were in and, and what it's like having Antonio Pierce as the interim head coach as opposed to having Josh McDaniels as the head coach. And he said, well, you know, everyone's just a little bit loose. You can see the locker room's loose. They're in there playing basketball at the time. And he said, nobody's really walking around on eggshells. And that really resonated with me. Like, you don't operate and you don't do any business really well if you're nervous about making a mistake. If you make a mistake and then all of a sudden it's going to be some kind of you know, consequences and repercussions. If you have to feel like that all the time, and, and like Hunter said, walk around on eggshells, it's just not good uh, order operations. And that's really how these guys were feeling. Uh, Hunter had been a guy that was basically on the back of a milk carton forever. Uh, it wasn't getting any kind of burn, and the guy's a really good player. So it was always uh, strange to me why he wasn't getting any kind of attention. He got a couple catches on Sunday against the Giants, and so I feel like he's a, a little bit back and getting another opportunity to be the Hunter Renfro that he always has been. So uh, these guys are just loose, and one thing that stood out to me from all the players I talked to in the locker room is they kept saying that AP is a former player. He knows what we're looking for. He knows what, you know, what, what we can do. He knows how to put us in position to succeed as opposed to having us do things that he wants us to do just because he wants us to do it. So that stood out to me as well. So uh, him being a former player and a leader as opposed to just an X's and O's coach, I think went a long way with the Raiders team on Sunday against the Giants. And, and like I said at the top, want to see what it looks like in week two. Can that continue to ride? Or was that just a one week, you know, let's all get excited. Let's all have this extra energy and go out there and ball out. If they can bottle that up and keep that thing going, then the Raiders have an opportunity, as you mentioned, man. I mean, look, they're four and five. The Jets are four and four. Um, They're not out of it. Neither one of these teams are out of it by the thick of things. They just got to go out there and execute and go play ball. Two very interesting paths to to this game for the Jets and the Raiders. And ahead here on this crossover edition of Locked On Jets and Locked On Raiders, we're going to break down the key matchups that will decide this game. So that was part one of the conversation right there, talking about the biggest storylines and all season long for the Raiders. I believe it's going to be Antonio Pierce, what he can do, how he can navigate the Raiders through the waters of the season, knowing that there's still eight games guaranteed, including this upcoming Sunday. And uh, the Raiders are not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. Matter of fact, they win this game on Sunday. They improve to five and five and they're right back in the thick of things. So uh, coming up in segment number two, we're going to talk about the biggest matchups. What are we looking at from the Jets side of things? What are we looking at from the Raiders side of things? We'll do that in segment number two after I tell you about Jace Medical. And everyone knows that listens to the show that we spend a lot of time talking together, right? Yeah, we get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts, who sits, who should start, who should sit. I'm thankful for that connection we have, and today I want our chat to be a little bit more personal, right? Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you're covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis and and Viagra. Go online right now at jacemedical.com. Receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. Matter of fact, a verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com right now to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use that promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part two of the crossover edition. We've already talked about the storylines. It's time to get into the matchups. John Bushko, host of Locked On Jets and myself, will break it on down. Jets, Raiders, prime time action. Looking at the matchups. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets, alongside your boy Q, the host of Locked On Raiders, Jets and Raiders. Sunday Night Football, when the schedule came out, I think we all thought the Jets would be quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers. We <laughs> thought the Raiders would be coached by Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Uh, the NFL season has a lot of twists and turns, and sometimes you don't always get what you, you expect. But we're still going to try and break this game down for you right now. Q, what matchups do you have your eye on in this one? Well, I got a couple, uh, and I'll start with the Raiders' defense. They just came off an eight-sack performance against the Giants, and so I'm looking at the the Raiders' defense led by Max Crosby and seeing what he can do against that Jets offensive line that's banged up, that's had a few different versions of it. How can he be effective? How how much can he affect this game, right? Can he uh, wreck the game like he's really done this year? He's done a hell of a job. The guy's played so many snaps. I mean, he's got a motor that, that doesn't stop. How do the Jets go about trying to slow him down, right? I mean, I know that they're going to double him. They're going to chip him. They're going to do everything they can to try to slow him down. Can somebody else, you know, take advantage of that, right? And, of course, the Jets coming off that game against the Chargers where they were sacked. Zach Wilson was sacked eight times. So I know Max Crosby is, I'm sure, licking his chops thinking, okay, I'm going to have an opportunity. But I also know that the Jets are going to, they're going to make changes. They're going to make, you know, they're going to make, you know, just adjustments and everything. And so they're going to be ready to try to slow Mad Max down. But one of my biggest matchups is definitely going to be that Raiders defensive line going up against that Jets offensive line. Can they get in there and be disruptive? If they can, one of the things that they've been doing really well this year has been creating turnovers. If they can get to the quarterback, disrupt them, make them uncomfortable, there's a good chance that they can create a turnover. And if they do, that'll help out their offense going up against that real stingy Jets defense. What about you? What are some uh, matchups you're looking at? You know, it's funny because I, I always enjoy doing shows with you. It's been a couple of years since Jets and Raiders play. And now I remember remember why because i think you know you're such a great i was i was gonna say max crosby against the jets offensive line <laughs> i think that's a right i mean I, that's the that's just the matchup that terrifies me um you know so maybe i'll throw nathaniel hackett against max crosby in there because mm-hmm. i thought hackett called a horrible game in many ways on monday night um the biggest issue though is they kept getting joey bosa one-on-one against billy turner who was playing right tackle right. and bosa destroyed him i mean there's no other way to put it and I just didn't understand why the Jets kept doing it. And, you know, the other side, you had Khalil Mack going up against Mekhi Becton frequently. So that's a tough matchup. But, you know, I just couldn't get over the way the Jets handled that. And I, I'm hoping that they approach it differently. I have great concerns, though. And, uh, you know, I part of this is I, I, we don't know what the Jets offensive line is going to look like. Right. You know, I mentioned Dwayne Brown a little earlier. He was eligible to come off IR last week. They returned him to practice. He was a full participant participant in practice all week, but he did not ultimately get activated for the game. The early injury report this week suggests, again, he's a full participant. This could be the game he returns, which means you end up with Max Crosby versus Mekhi Becton. The Jets would likely put Brown at left tackle, move uh, Becton from left tackle to right tackle. I don't know that I love the matchup of Becton versus Crosby, so (laughs) that's one that concerns me. Um, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just a premium matchup. Devontae Adams versus Sauce Gardner. I mean, this is... these are the matchups, you know, they say it's the, worth the price of admission. Right. Top receiver in the league, top corner in the league. And, you know, like I, I really like Sauce Gardner. I, I trust him against anybody. You know, I don't want to say he's Darrell Rivas just yet, who, of course, Hall of Fame corner who played with the Jets. But 
he's there in my lifetime there have only been two corners where no matter what the matchup is i trust that they're going to win one was revis and the second in sauce gardner and he's he's established that within two years uh so that that's what i'm looking at it's interesting maybe it should be Devonte adams versus the jets corners because yeah jets don't really travel their corners for right. the most part they actually did a little bit uh, a monday night against the chargers uh, but it's typically Sauce plays the left side, DJ Reed plays the right side, Michael Carter the seconds in the slot, and all three of them are really rock solid. Yeah, and that's really where I was going to go as well. Is with uh, I was just going to say the the Raiders playmakers, the wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, you know Hunter Renfro in the slot, or Trey Tucker in the slot, or whoever's in the slot. And look, Devontae plays in the slot as well at times. But really, I'm just kind of looking at the Raiders wide receivers going up against that Jets secondary because they're really good. I mean, everyone's going to talk about Sauce Gardner. I was a huge fan of Sauce Gardner's coming out of Cincinnati. As I know many people were, uh, knew that the Raiders had no opportunity to draft him. So uh, the Jets got their guy. I love watching Sauce. Like I said, I liked watching him in college. Thought he was a hell of a player. He still is. Uh, that's how. That's why he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, he just is that guy. So uh, I'm excited to see just him up close to personal, seeing able, you know, seeing what he can do. But you know, DJ Reed's no punk, man. He's no joke, right? He's he's very solid across from him, and uh, there's there's players, man. So that Jets secondary is going to be nasty. I want to see how the Raiders are able to adjust and try to even scheme these wide receivers open. And then on top of that, you know, to take it a step further, remember this is a guy at the quarterback position that's only getting his third career start in Aiden O'Connell. So, you know, how does he try to protect the ball? Because ball security in this game, I think, is going to be so major. Neither one of these teams are, are awesome when it comes to scoring points. Even though the Raiders put up 30 last week against the Giants, that was the first time they got over 20 all season long. So it's not like it's going to be some kind of offensive shootout, and the Jets' defense won't allow that anyway. So ball security has got to be a must for both teams. So I want to see how Aiden O'Connell protects that ball against those dudes in the secondary and on that Jets' defense. You're so right. I, mean, I think this is a game of your betting. You take the under for sure. Uh, and yep. That's pretty much true with most Jets yeah. games this year because you're going. You have a really good defense and a really shaky offense. But I, I actually want to ask you a question. You know, talking about the Raiders receivers, what's been going on with Hunter Renfro? Because <laughs> I saw it seemed like he would. He kind of fell out of favor with McDaniel's, and now maybe he's back with Antonio Pierce. You know, solid, very solid slot receiver. I think he actually went over a thousand yards a couple years ago. And yeah. then during the trade deadline. That was a guy that was rumored that maybe the Jets would go after because it seemed like he you know, kind of lost his role with the Raiders. Is he, is he back in the mix now? I mean, it feels like it. He had a couple catches on Sunday, but uh, he did. He, he was on the back of a milk carton, man. And, and like every week I was wondering, like, where is Hunter Renfro? This dude had over 100 catches, over 1,000 yards. I mean, he's fantastic, right? We've seen what he could be, but he just he, he wasn't in the good graces of the coaching staff for one reason or the other. And on top of that, you would think that he would be because we've seen what Josh McDaniels' offense with a slot receiver looks like. We've seen it be super successful. So I thought when McDaniels got hired, I was like, man, the happiest guy there has got to be Hunter Renfro. Wrong. <laughs> he was not the happiest guy there. And it just never worked out. He got injured last year. He got a concussion early on. He fumbled the ball. Uh, I'm sure that that played a little bit of a role. He kind of freelances his his uh, routes. So I'm sure that played a little bit of a role. But it's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be more than that. Somehow he fell out of favor with the coaching staff and wasn't really given the opportunity or didn't go out and take the opportunity. Whatever it is, whatever the reasoning is, uh, he did show up on Sunday, had a couple catches. And uh, when McDaniels got fired and, and the next time we had a chance to talk to him in the locker room, I asked him about, you know, just the new changes and everything. And he said, look, 
you don't get too many mulligans in the NFL. So uh, I have another opportunity to go out there and show what I can do for this coaching staff, and, and hopefully I make the most of it. And he had a couple catches, almost had a touchdown on Sunday, which Raider Nation would have lost their mind if he had got into the end zone. So uh, just watch out for that. If Hunter gets in the end zone, it will be one loud, loud roar at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday night. Yeah, I, I was thinking about Josh McDaniels, and has there ever been a coach in the NFL who's gotten two head coaching jobs and gotten fired in the middle of year two? Man, I don't, I don't know, but I don't think there'll be a third, <laughs> right? I mean, I just, I don't feel like that there'll be a third. And you know, the crazy thing about that is, and a lot of Raider Nation was was not for the hire when it when it happened, but I kept saying like, look, okay, it was ten years ago. Uh, he said how much he learned from that experience in Denver. He learns not what not to do. So I'm like, let's give the dude a chance, right? I mean, he's he's the head coach. You don't want to just sit there and hire and fire, hire and fire, hire and fire because you're pressing the reset button every time you do that. But it's just crazy how really it seems like he didn't learn anything from Denver. He's basically the same guy. It felt like there was a dark cloud over the organization that I didn't even realize was a dark cloud over the organization or over the fan base or hell over me at times, right? I mean, it just it just seems so... Like, I don't know, it's just there was no energy or excitement, right? And, and this is something that should be exciting even for, you know, me to talk about this team. And then once he gets fired, and I never cheer for guys to get fired, I never root for guys to get fired. It's, it's too tough to get jobs. But it just seems like the fan base all of a sudden got excited. It seems like the players got excited. It seems like me going to the facility was a little bit more exciting. It just it's, – it's crazy, man, how one guy can change – can change the whole trajectory of an organization and how you feel. And, you know, it's just, and it's, it's been, like I said, a breath of fresh air ever since I was walking to the stadium on Sunday against the giants and just watching the people in the tailgate in the parking lot tailgating, you could tell that they were having more fun. The music sounded louder, right? I mean, the, the, the people just sound like they were so much more excited. It was, it was wild to see and realize that one guy getting fired changed the whole trajectory. And, and early on in the season, I mean, there's still – when he got fired, there were still nine games left. And uh, with this game coming up on Sunday, there's still eight. So there's plenty of time in the season for the Raiders to make a run at this thing. I mean, I, I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't know, you know, what it's going to be – what it's going to look like when it's all said and done. But they've got eight games to go out there and have fun and see what they can do. So it, it's pretty exciting times around here. And you said something earlier that really, I think, says a lot. And so, sometimes it's sometimes you listen to the context of what players say. You mentioned that the players talked about Antonio Pierce being a former player and knowing yeah. how to treat the guys. And yep. you know, that was always the issue with Josh McDaniels in Denver. And you know, yep. when you hear something like that, you kind of feel like maybe that was the issue with the Raiders. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, it, it's just it's just different. And I'm not saying that he treated them bad, but he didn't treat them like that guy treats them, right? He didn't treat them like a former player that knows what they need. Even last Thursday, they had a, 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 a really tough practice it was only about an hour long but it was really tough and he said hey I wanted to, I wanted to get them into game shape I wanted to get them in the mode to uh, be game ready it doesn't have to be long but it's a lot of repetitions it's a lot of two-minute drill it's a lot of goal line like you know full pads and everything it's go time but then at the same time when they're not practicing all right it's time to have fun all right yeah it goes have fun go get in the dance circle go you know play basketball go do what you do like he just knows that fine line because he's been there done that and the guys want to ring so, I mean, he, he knows he knows what it takes. And I just think that's a different dynamic and that that different voice in the room really helped that team out in a major way. All right. Well, now you know all about the Jets and the Raiders ahead here on this crossover edition of Locked On Jets, Locked On Raiders. We're going to give our predictions what's going to happen Sunday night football. So there we go. Biggest and most intriguing matchups right there between the Jets and the Raiders closing out Sunday night slate of games. Week 10 action primetime. Can you believe it's already week 10? 
It's crazy, right? It's already week 10. Of course, there's 17 games, 18 weeks in the NFL season. But, man, just to know that we're already in week 10 is pretty crazy. It went by so fast. Coming up in segment number three, we're going to give you our predictions. We're going to talk about what it's going to take to get a victory for the Jets and what it's going to take to get a victory for the Raiders. And does John believe that the Jets have a chance to win this game? They're favored right now by about a point and a half. We'll talk about it coming up in segment number three after I tell you about DoorDash. And maybe you're at the house, maybe you're like me and you're working all day, or maybe you're just getting prepared for a game and you don't want to go out and get some food because, well, there's just no food at the house. Guess what you need? You need DoorDash. DoorDash is real simple to use. You got the app. Oh, wait, you don't have the app? Oh, you're like me. You don't have it. All right, well, go get it. First of all, download it right now. If you download it right now, you can get 50% off a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and use the code LOCK23. Remember 23, like Michael Jordan. Subject to change, terms apply. And the good thing about it is you can get all your local favorites, whatever. Like for me, it's Grimaldi's. For me, it's Pizza Rock. For me, it's, uh, you know, we got Chick-fil-A around the corner. There's so many different things. And even grocery stores. We got Smith's not too far uh, from us. You can get Smith. You can go and have them get an order from the grocery store. Whatever the case may be, DoorDash can make it happen. But you got to, like I said, you've got to download the DoorDash app. That's the first step. Take the first step if you haven't already done it. If you have, get on there, get your order, get your food, get your groceries, and you're good to go. But again, the most important thing is downloading the DoorDash app. Use that promo code LOCK23. When you make your order, you'll get 50% off of $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Again, all you got to do is download the DoorDash app. Use the promo code LOCK23 for 50% off, up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Part three of our conversation. This is segment number three of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Got to jump into, well, past the victory and predictions. And we all know I'm not very good at predictions. Don't really like to give predictions, especially score predictions. But every once in a while, we do it. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to do it on this show and on this segment right here. John Bushko, host of Lockdown Jets and myself. We're going to talk about the past of victory. Does John believe there's a path to victory for the Jets. We'll talk about it here in part three of our conversation on the crossover edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Crossover Thursday here on Locked On Jets and Locked On Raiders. John Butchko alongside your boy Q getting ready for this matchup between the Jets and the Raiders. Jets first trip ever out to Las Vegas for a regular season game. Q, how do you see this one going? That's a great question. I mean, we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the matchups. I don't I don't feel like this is going to be a barn burner. I don't feel like this is going to be a game where there's going to be a ton of points scored. As you mentioned, uh, if you're going to bet on it, take the under, right? Because it feels like that that's where this game is is headed. And Antonio Pierce on, uh, on Wednesday, as a matter of fact, said that. He said, hey, man, two defensive-minded head coaches. Don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring going on in this game. But, again, we'll see how it all shakes out. It's hard for me to call this one. It really is because that Jets defense is is so, so tough. And before the season started, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. Before the season started, I said, I thought the Jets would come to Allegiant Stadium and win the game. Not necessarily because Aaron Rodgers was going to light them up, but just because that defense was going to slow the Raiders down so much. Now, going back to last week, they found a run game with Josh Jacobs. They were able to get that going, and when they can get a running game going, it opens up everything else. So I'm interested to see what interim offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree looks like, how he adjusts his play calling from last week to what it'll be uh, this week. It's got to 
it's got to still be a heavy dose of Josh, right? Josh Jacobs has got to he's got to be able to be a big factor in this game, I and mean, they're not going to be able to throw the ball forty five times and try to win like Zach Zach Wilson threw the ball what forty nine times on Monday Night Football. That's not a recipe for the Raiders to win. Aiden O'Connell doesn't want to throw the ball forty nine times. Raider Nation doesn't want to see him throw the ball forty nine times. Antonio Pierce doesn't want him to throw the ball forty nine times. So it's got to be a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs. If, and I know that's a big if, they can establish the run, I feel like that they can have a decent day offensively. Not a good day. I don't think anyone has a good day offensively against the Jets' defense. But they've got to be able to establish the run. So I'm really, I'm really, I'm like hesitant to say if I, I feel like the Raiders are going to win because I just, I just don't know. I don't know what it looks like week two. There's so much new, right? I mean, it feels like the season is just getting started and, and you got a brand new head coach. So uh, I'm just going to kind of lean on the fact that if the Raiders can establish the run, uh, Josh Jacobs could have a decent to good day, then I think the Raiders have a really good chance. Um, you know, if they're able to create a couple turnovers, I feel like they'll have a really good chance. I don't think that the Jets, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, are a team that's going to climb themselves out of too many holes if they get down. You know, like they gave up a special teams punt return touchdown on Monday. You know, that's that's something that the defense can't stop. That's the special teams. If, if, if the Raiders could find a way to create short fields or, you know, a, a score on defense or special teams, I feel like they have a good chance to win this game. But, man, I think it's going to go down to the wire. I really do. I think this is going to be a game that both defenses keep them really close. And, you know, maybe the, the team with the ball last and an opportunity to kick a field goal wins this game. I'm not too sure. How are you looking at this one? I have a lot of dread heading into this game. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I think, um, you know, I was looking at the stats the Raiders had earlier, and I was like, oh, that's not that good. But it's like you have to throw the stats out because yeah. that was a different team. It was a different yep. coach. Everything's different. Everything's changed now for the Raiders. Um I don't feel good about this Jets team. You know, you mentioned it, Josh Jacobs, if he has a decent game, Jets defense is stronger against the pass than they are against the run. And one thing we didn't talk about, Jets lost Al Woods for the season, who mm. was kind of like their big run stopping nose tackle. He was probably their best run defender yeah. on the defensive line. Uh, he's He was lost for the season two weeks ago. I have concerns about the Jets run defense, relatively speaking, you know, holding up. I, I don't think it's an awful run defense, but I think Woods was a big loss. And he, you know, in a game like this where you expect the Raiders to run the ball a lot, his, I think his presence may have been felt. Um, you know, it feels like this season could just be slipping away for the, for the mm. Jets. And I, I know that's melodramatic to say when they lose one game off a three-game winning streak, but the way they were winning just was not sustainable. I mean, it was like they, you know, they forced four turnovers against the Eagles. You can be a great defensive team and not force four turnovers. Right. And if I, if I Jets defense played really well against the Chargers, you know, they, you know, it, the turnovers weren't there, but this offense is just struggling so much. And I think the defense will keep them in the game. I, I think, you know, going up against a young quarterback, you yeah. know, they should have plenty of success on that side of the ball. Like I said, like we both said earlier, you know, take the under in this one. Right. A couple of weeks ago, I actually nailed the pick perfectly. I said the Jets would win thirteen to ten over the Giants, and I, after that, after we re-recorded that show with Patricia Traina, who's the host of Locked On Giants, I was like, kind of like, why did I do that? That's way too low of a score. And then it ended up being exactly that. <laughs> right? I mean, it could be another 13-10 kind of game. Could be. Um, you know, and it, you're. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, I mean, maybe just be which team avoids the big turnover because mm -hmm. short fields are going to be key in this game. Yep. I do think the Jet, Jets defense, I'm sorry, Jets special teams have been phenomenal this season. That uh, punt return was so far, at least, it was an aberration. Uh, it was maybe the one time they did not execute all season on special teams. So I, I don't think that they'll have the, the same kind of issue in this game. I think the defense is going to play well, but uh, this offense just looks really bad. And you know, I've seen this. Maybe this is just me showing my my inner Jets fan where <laughs> I've been through this before. And, right. You know, this is a different team, maybe, but like. I feel like I know when the season's going down the drain and it, listen, I hope I'm wrong. And I'm sure Jets fans won't love, won't love this projection. 
I feel like this is like a 13 10 kind of Raiders win. Okay. The Jets could win. I mean, it's, yeah. I think it's good. I think it's, I say this almost every week. I think this could be a coin toss game. I think with the Jets, every game is a coin toss game because their strengths and weaknesses are so pronounced. And, you know, games are frequently going to come down to the wire. You know, last week being an exception. But yeah, I just don't feel good about this game coming, coming in from the Jets side. Well, with that being said, then I'll go ahead and take 17 14. How about that? I'll call it 17 14. Daniel Carlson kicks a field goal to win the game. Because uh, again, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. Um, you know, and that might be a high score. 17 14 might be higher than expected. But I do think that the Jets will find some kind of success, especially with Brees Hall. Man, he's phenomenal. I liked him a lot when he was back at Iowa State. So I really respect him as a running back. And the Raiders have struggled to stop the run. You know, that's one of the things Antonio Pierce said on Wednesday. Uh, you know, the Raiders defense has been playing well, but one thing that they need to improve on is the, is the run defense. And so uh, I know that the Jets are going to be very, as a matter of fact, when it comes to running the rock and they're going to get Brees Hall involved early and often. So uh, there could be ways that that offense can move, especially on the ground with Brees Hall. Uh, so I do think that they'll score multiple times. And, and again, I feel like this game will probably come down to a last second field goal. So I'll just rock with 17-14. Uh, I'll, I'll cross my fingers and see what happens. But uh, again, I don't expect this to be a bunch of fireworks coming out of Allegiant Stadium on Sunday night a little prime time action i'll give you one rock solid guarantee is that if the jets have the lead with 10 seconds left in the game and the raiders have the ball at midfield they will not call a zero blitz like they did in 2020 <laughs> when these teams i know that's right if they did boy wouldn't that be a reminiscing oh my goodness that would be that wild game, you know that game that game almost got the jets trevor lawrence until they you know they've messed it all up and beat the rams a few weeks later right. that, that was the game People were joking that they they should build a statue to Greg uh, to Greg Williams after at MetLife Stadium after after that call. Yeah, that was that was bad. And the funny thing about that is, I mean, that was Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs that 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 won that one. Carr's gone, Ruggs is gone, but there's a number four out there in Aiden O'Connell. There's a number eleven out there in Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker's got the speed just like Ruggs, and well, uh, Aiden O'Connell could throw the ball down the field like that. So you'll see four and eleven out there, but it won't be the four and eleven that you remember uh, on that all that all uh, that cover zero blitz and all that. Yeah, there, you won't see that, but you'll see four and eleven for the Raiders on Sunday night. Uh, just different guys in those jerseys. Kind of funny, but should be fun. Man, it's primetime action. Who, who doesn't want primetime action? I do. It's almost as fun as doing the show. Q, great <laughs> chatting with you again. I hope we get to do it sooner. I hope we don't have to wait three years for, for the right. next time we do this. So there it is. There it was. John does not really have a high hope in this game for the Jets. As a longtime Jet fan, he just doesn't feel like it's trending in the right direction. But also got to be careful for turnovers. Turnovers could change things quick fast and in a hurry. Uh, I was real hesitant just because I don't know what it looks like. I feel like every week is going to be a new week until we get about you know, four or five games uh, under, uh, under uh, Antonio Pierce's belt and we can understand who Aiden O'Connell is going to be. But until then, it's really going to be difficult to give a prediction on what's going to be a win or a loss. I felt good the first week under Antonio Pierce because I felt like the team was going to rally uh, behind them and they did. So are they going to have that same energy this upcoming Sunday, Sunday Night Football, while everybody in the NFL world is watching? We'll find out sooner rather than later. But that's going to do it for Crossover Thursday. Coming up tomorrow, I'll give you my keys to victory. What do I think the Raiders need to do to come away with the victory? We'll do it offense, defense, special teams. We'll get back to calls and texts, and we'll get news and notes. We'll have a, a full show. We'll go out uh, strong on a Friday like we always do, and we'll do it coming up tomorrow. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.